0: biohazard the report your source for opinions on movies based on horror video games i'm your host thea and i'm salise and this episode we're covering resident evil apocalypse from 2004 quick reminder before we get started that on this show we will be discussing body horror death zombies and other possibly triggering uh, topics typical of the horror genre we try our best to keep it clean but the movies we review are geared towards mature audiences as is this podcast that being said Let's, um, let's get started. What um, initial thoughts on <laughs> the movie oh, as a whole? Um, if you could give a one sentence, like a couple words to describe your emotions about this movie, what would they be?
1: Uh, I think it's pretty much summed up by Too Cool For Pants.
0: Too cool for pants. Too cool for S- pants. Sometimes you just gotta lose your pants.
1: It's just what
0: happens. But not all
1: of your pants. Just not no. one. Just one. One half.
0: Just like two feet of a pant leg, <laughs> and that's it.
1: <laughs> just from like mid thigh to like knee. To the, to the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh. But uh, in all seriousness, oof, <laughs> oof,
0: oof. <laughs> oof was I like this that. Movie. I like oof, is a very good adjective to use.
1: (laughs) Because I think I made that literal sound while we were watching this movie, just going, (laughs) oof. Yeah. Okay, so I want to start with a question that we addressed last time, but I am Mm -hmm. now even more confused about. Uh Uh-huh. Is, between her waking up in the hospital and the start of this movie, how much time has passed? Because they start this movie with the ending scene from the last movie of her waking up in her um, sheets of printer paper, and yeah, then yeah. wandering outside and finding a shotgun and finding Raccoon City destroyed.
0: I don't. I don't know if there's any way to really tell the time. The time
1: skip. Um. Right, because in between the end of that movie and the start of this one, she has somehow become a zombie a uh, savant. Like, she's become the world's best zombie slayer? <laughs> Somehow. I think, I think part of that explanation, though, is that they, they, like,
0: did some tests to her, and then she has, like, the virus now, but it's uh, quote-unquote bonded on a molecular level, which really doesn't mean anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... It is implied that she and Matt both had things done to them. Mm-hmm. Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Uh, why?
0: Why were they so mean to Matt though? Why did they have to make Matt Nemesis? And they're like, uh, "Alice, you're fine as you are. We're just gonna make you stronger and more badass."
1: Um, I th- because uh, it's too expensive to have her look as cool <laughs> as Nemesis for the next six move for the next four five movies.
0: When they remake this this series, I hope I hope we get like a monster main character. That it just looks so nasty all the time. That's what I hope.
1: <gasps> this is when we, this is when Lisa's time to shine is coming. Uh, if you don't know, Lisa f- is from the first game. And she is a-, a sort of zombie from the first game. Where she is affectionately referred to as that thing in chains. Oh. Because she's uh, hunched over and dragging chains across the floor. She was a child when she was turned into this thing. Because um, I don't I don't even think you can call her a zombie. She just kind of mm. is a creature that's been infected. Um and she uh as a result her face has fallen off and oh, no. she has attached the faces of her mom and dad to various parts of her body. Oh god oh and that's other, horrifying and other people to like keep them with her, and that that's what I want as a, as a pro tag is that's who I, I want. I also
0: want that if they do like I've seen some news reports from like a couple years ago that they were gonna re remake or they were like starting to like revamp the movie universe for this for this franchise. Um, I hope they go a little bit more horror on the on the horror side, and I think that would be very good to put in there
1: mm-hmm. because she still has some. Cognizant thought Cause she like writes down In books and stuff and you find her journal She's one of the ones that starts With the, the hunger Motif yeah, that we talked about last yeah. time But my point Is is that somehow Between Between the end of That one and now And by now I mean the start of this movie Uh she's become too cool For pants and shirts Uh huh <laughs> At least not non see through shirts. That's true. Well, she,
0: well, she wasn't wearing pants in the last movie, though, either. I think it's been established just she is anti pants.
1: Anti pants. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just gotta have an anti pants life. Like, that's yeah, just.
0: We support her in her anti pants life.
1: <laughs> but maybe when the zombie apocalypse <laughs> is happening, maybe you just have to suck it up and have a pants day.
0: That's true. It's, it's not super practical to just have a leg out there in the open where a zombie can get at it.
1: Mm-hmm. Got to cover up that sweet sweet flesh, uh thigh flesh. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of people who should be wearing pants, um Jill Valentine. Jill
0: Valentine, I'm so sorry they did that to you. You did not deserve it. Oh. First of
1: all, why the fuck is Jill even there?
0: <laughs> why is she there? What Okay, this I don't know a lot about the first movie and apparently neither does the writer of this movie
1: the <laughs> first, game the, the first, the first game.
0: game i meant yeah because they they put her in there in the in the beginning of the film and in the same scene there's like all these news articles of her she's like this disgraced stars agent and i don't know we they don't, don't give any context as to why she's there or what happened to her they're just like here's Jill you're welcome when we're like we didn't want this
1: yeah it's just what first of all why why was she in raccoon city i don't understand <laughs> i'm not quite understanding why she's even there first of all and second of all how dare you make her disgraced that right. woman deserves the world if well, like if she's there
0: and she's all disgraced and she's like I don't know. People don't like her now. What happened to Chris? Yeah, where the fuck is Chris
1: and Barry? Where is he? Yeah, where where are the boys of the
0: Stars Unit?
1: Where the boys at?
0: Where I mean, the only boys that we care about, and not those other motherfuckers in the movie, was just Stars Patches
1: for no yeah, reason. Just randomly, because in the first game, part of the whole thing was that a large majority of the stars, an elite unit were wiped out by these dudes. And they're just there in multitudes in this movie. And yeah, they like fucking suck.
0: They're terrible and I hate them. I and don't, just under- like, I just don't they- understand why they're there. It looked like they were, like Raccoon City was using them as some sort of police force. Um, which is bullshit. But that's but- <laughs> what
1: the police are for. <laughs> that's what the Raccoon police City- for. Raccoon City has police. That's kind of the yeah. whole...
0: What the hell? I don't know. Wanna...
1: There's an entire game about one cop's journey through Raccoon <laughs> City during this event. That's kind of the whole point of that game. Our boy Leon, where is he? <laughs> where
0: he at? Where he at? This movie is like a weird mix between the second game and the third game, from what I understand.
1: Right, because it it kind of follows the um so the overarching plot of this movie is that they're in Raccoon City while the zombie apocalypse is happening, and they need to get out of Raccoon City. But in order yeah. to get out of Raccoon City, they have to save this guy's daughter and bring it to her, which is a very, very thinly veiled um, reference to Dr. Birkin and Sherry, his his yeah. daughter. It's, mm-hmm. like, exactly that storyline, but without using their names, which confuses me because they used
0: Jill. <laughs> yeah, did they not get the license for for Sherry and Dr. Birkenstock, whatever his name is. I'm <laughs> Birkenstock.
1: Like, <laughs> I don't remember his name. <laughs> Birken Birkenstock. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, it's all Capcom. So if they got one, they would have had to have gotten the other.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. They also had um uh uh God, what's his name? Oliveira. What's his first name? Jake. Carlo. No, his name is not Jake. Come is on. it? Is it
1: Carlos? Carlos Oliveira.
0: Yeah, Carlos Oliveira, uh, who's played by one of my favorite actors, Odet Fair, um, mostly because of his role in uh, *The Mummy* of 1999, starring Brendan Fraser.
1: That movie <laughs> was too scary for me. I didn't. It had the possibility. I haven't seen what? *The Mummy* because it had the possibility for spooks, and you know I'm not about that life.
0: Oh my god. Why are you doing a horror movie podcast?
1: <laughs> because you make me brave, okay?
0: <laughs> okay, good. Well, then we need to watch The Mummy together. Because that's one of my all-time, like, top three favorite movies.
1: Really? Is it the- Yes. Well, there's a couple of versions. There's one that came out in, like, 19- nineteen nineteen ninety nine. Well, Well, uh, so the Brendan Fraser one. There was one before yeah. then, about with the- that was totally black and white. That came out in like the 30s, I think.
0: Oh well, I don't, I don't care about that.
1: Fuck that. Fuck you, classic Fuck movies.
0: Fuck it. And not the new one that came out with fucking Tom. What's his butt? Fucking garbage movie. Goddamn.
1: <laughs> Tom. What's his butt? That's my favorite actor. <laughs> What's his name? I don't. I, I, I have know. no idea who you're talking about. He's oh Tom Cruise. That's who it is. Oh, it's tiny like a Mission man. Impossible. Go- tiny man. Tiny man. What? not he short? Isn't that the whole thing? Is that Tom Cruise is short? I'm five foot no two, idea. so everyone is a giant to me. But I mean, uh, let's...
0: I don't know how tall he is. I don't keep track of actor heights. Uh,
1: where what were we talking about before we started talking about? <laughs> uh, Carlos. Carlos. We're talking about Carlos. Yeah. So they have Jill and they have Carlos, which is a Game Three thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, Resident Evil Three is called Resident Evil M- Nemesis.
0: Right, yeah. So and Nemesis is
1: here.
0: He's He's with here. Us.
1: He's here with his ever changing eye color. <laughs> uh, he's here to have a good time. He's here to
0: have a good time and also wield a big machine gun?
1: Uh yeah, like a Gatling gun. Yeah. First of all, why isn't the whole point of Nemesis that he's like this big crazy like science experiment that's like mutating? Why? Why does he need a Gatling gun? Doesn't that kind of defeat his scariness? If his just scariness comes from bullets, anyone is scary with a bullet. Like, Yeah, that's true. Even, I feel like
0: uh, Alice with her flying motorcycle tricks to kill the liquors in the church are far, far, <laughs> far scarier than Nemesis and his Gatling gun.
1: I agree. Maybe it's just because he's also kind of like the Terminator, where he's just kind of yeah. slowly... Like, he doesn't run. He's not fast. He's not, he's not
0: in any hurry. He's like, it's okay, I got a, a big big gun. I don't need to be anywhere very fast.
1: Yeah, Nemesis's whole thing is that he's like scary without weapons. He's mm-hmm. got some at some points during the third game, but like <laughs>
0: uh why? I I don't know. I mean, I guess there is something about these movies and guns that go hand in hand. Um
1: yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe it's just because the actor who was inside of the suit couldn't do much.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> inside that's of true. the suit,
0: it did seem very cumbersome.
1: Oh, the yes. the very large red flag about this movie. Let's talk about it. Um, it oh yes, the thing we hate most about this movie uh, is that the one character of color is abundant with stereotypes.
0: Oh yes, I have a I have a point in my notes here that says oops, that's racism, which I think sums it up pretty well. Um because I think his name is LJ, um and he is passed off as a like comic relief character, but the way they do that is not in any sort of fun way. It's in a very uh stereotype filled um
1: way. The joke does not come from him making a joke about the situation. The joke comes from a racial stereotype. Yeah, it's only funny if (laughs) it's only funny if you play into the stereotype. Yeah, including like screaming at prostitutes and or I guess they're just naked zombies, I guess. But which, by the way, we have to throw up our up naked woman. There's a naked, there's two of them in this one.
0: There's, there's at least three.
1: Oh, that's right. There's at least three. And then they make you think Jill is naked when she's getting dressed, when she's not. But they, they really want you to believe she's naked.
0: Oh, this movie was made with the intent to, like, it was made for straight gamers, straight male gamers. And that's it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that's why it exists and that's so sad to me because it it could have gone somewhere mm, well
1: the first one had potential
0: the first one absolutely had so much potential um and then they squandered it with uh bad characters and uh terrible sound design terrible awful the fucking whip arms and
1: legs goddamn and hair and hair that only the women get. Only Jill and um... <laughs> only
0: Jill and Alice get whip hands.
1: <laughs> get they get <laughs> literal literal whip hands that go whenever they like. <laughs> it's move with any sort of speed. Even
0: like that, like some at some points the dialogue is super quiet, and then the sound effects like mm-hmm. uh, like the car crashes and like other. Like, the zombie environmental sounds, and... sounds yeah are like super loud for no reason mm-hmm. um
1: to the point where we watched this one together right so to yeah. the point where we had to like keep stopping to like adjust adjust the volume yeah, the volume so that we could hear what they were saying but we were also like no turn it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what's bothering me most about this movie is as i'm thinking about it this movie is what like an hour and 45 minutes or so
0: something like that yeah
1: something like that it's about the same length as the first one And there are uh, approximately two scenes I remember in this movie. I remember, uh, with any sort of, like, vivid clarity, is the graveyard scene with the whip hands and them kung fuing zombies. Because, (laughs) you know... Why are they in a graveyard? You're in a zombie apocalypse! You know
0: those things are dead, and they come from dead people. Why are you in a graveyard? How did... Okay. Also... Well, no, I know never mind. I, I figured it out. I was like, why are the zombies in or why are the dead people infected in the graveyard? But it's cuz the thief guys you can't stop it. So, I answered my own question. Mm-hmm.
1: Like if if this thing is exactly what they said it was, then there's no fucking stopping this thing. Yeah, I don't no. know what they thought they were gonna do. Was <laughs> like it a they, shortcut? They couldn't maybe cuz it was Alice that brought them there, right? That's well, Yes, but
0: did she know where she was going? I think she was just wandering around cuz at that point they hadn't gotten
1: the call from the uh right they were trying dad. to get they were trying to get out of the city and we have no indication that she knew where the fuck she was going. Right. Yeah. Why were they why were they even there? Was it was it so they could just get that iconic shot of a hand coming through the grave? I think so. I think that might just be it. And they had to introduce the whip hands somehow and what mm-hmm. and they had to, they had to get a rest in peace shot obviously. Yeah. Mhm.
0: And then like of course the like they're there in the graveyard and then a friend of Jill whose name I don't remember
1: the reporter
0: No, the S.T.A.R.S. guy, um, Peyton, Peyton Wells. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Generic S.T.A.R.S. man, number one.
0: Generic S.T.A.R.S. man uh, gets bit, and uh, Alice threatens to kill him right then and there. And they're like, no, 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 he's fine. And she's like, um, okay, you can do it yourself when he's a zombie and trying to eat you. Which she does have, like, Jill does have to do, eventually.
1: Which she does, because she said that she would, and so she does. But here's yeah, what... Con- Sorry, go ahead. But,
0: oh, I was just going to say that um, at that point in the movie, the they pass off Alice as this, like, hard ass up until that point. Um, and then later on, when she's, like, facing off against Nemesis, uh, she, like, goes all soft on them. And I think, like, that's an interesting characterization for her, and I do like that. But they didn't have to make her be so mean. It's also
1: contradictory because... This is where it confuses me about how much time has passed since the last movie. Because if you mm. remember, when both Rain and, uh, and our buddy Chad, when they both got bit, she was the first one to, to say, no, we need to carry them, we, need, we can fix them, we can do this. And remi- reminder, Alice is the only one that knows there's a cure for this. Yeah, exactly. Like, she knows there's a cure for this. So it doesn't make sense to me that this little rag, again, a little ragtag group that's assembled around her is like, well, sorry, I didn't know you from day one, so now you're toast, I guess. But then when I go fight a guy I knew previously uh, who's actively trying to murder me, whatever, I guess. I guess I'll just die. Like, I think,
0: mm, I don't, yeah, it's, it's hard to parse the characterization for Alice in this movie because- Apparently it's, um, just like you said, it's weird that they would go from, uh, no personality and no motive in the first movie to, uh, total hard-ass, uh, doesn't, uh, like, only fend for herself and, uh, and then immediately switch back into, oh, but she cares about Matt.
1: Right. And it's confusing, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't understand it because what is the point because she also doesn't really show maybe I'm not remembering properly but there's not really much she doesn't really show much empathy towards the daughter either oh no 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 okay she does i remember
0: cuz when she, she does at the point that she finds out that the that the kid is infected and then she's like oh you're like me then and then mm-hmm. she's like is nice at that point
1: Wait, is the daughter infected? I thought the dad yes. was infected, and they she- were,
0: They are were both infected.
1: Oh. Yeah, she's like, oh, that's, I- That's yeah. right. Because Sherry was also infected. And that was the whole yes. thing, is now- Like, I don't know- I don't remember- uh, Again, the third game is the one I know the least about, but if I remember from playing the sixth game- in which Sherry is one of the the protagonists in that game. One of the six protagonists, well, six, uh, Leon, like, Hel- so there's Leon, Helena, uh, Chris and Pierce, Sherry and Jake and Ada. So there's seven protagonists in that game. Oh my god. There's a lot. Everybody has a great, a good old time. The only person who doesn't fucking show up in that game is fucking Jill. <laughs> Oh yeah! Jill, welcome back. Again, we are Jill Stans.
0: We are. Um, which is why this movie is the worst. <sighs> well, that and many other reasons, but there's a lot of reasons why this movie is many the worst. Reasons.
1: There's. Uh, what were we even talking about?
0: I don't know. I my notes are all over the place. I have a a bullet point here that just says liquors took Alice's pants.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um we realized throughout the movie that when she first shows up in her outfit, she's got like a strategic um she like strategically unzipped her cargo pants so that they like detached the legs and became cargo shorts. But she Just like on one leg though. Yeah, and she like glued the 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 leg onto her calf so she wouldn't lose it under the top of her boot yeah (laughs) she like shoved it
0: (laughs) i'll have when this episode goes up i'll have to include an image of her pants so that people have context
1: (laughs) i mean they could google it but like we will uh, we'll post a picture on our twitter of her pants um when this goes up but Like, throughout the movie, she just kind of loses more and more of it. Like, eventually she loses, like, the whole part that she shoved in her boot. But then it, like, also migrates up her leg until she's got, like, Final Fantasy pants.
0: She's got booty shorts, yeah.
1: Yeah, so she's got booty shorts on one leg and, like, a full pant on the other. Um, and it's kind- it's- why? Did, like, did Lickers take her pants? Why- (laughs) Why does she not have pants? You would think that, like, long clothing would be your friend, because anything that, like, prevents... (laughs) Anything that prevents...
0: She went into that that gun store and was like, I don't remember how to dress like a human person, so I'm just gonna take these scraps of cloth and put them on my body, Mm -hmm. and they're gonna fall off later.
1: Is that when we find that she, like, went on Troom Troom to find out how to put clothes on? (laughs) Yeah. like... She went on Troom Troom for clothing advice. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just. <laughs> and that's what she ended up with. Because she's also wearing like a tank top and then like a sheer like fishnet thing. Like a fishnet
0: top over that. It's very punk. But then the rest of the outfit doesn't really follow the same aesthetic. It's like that early 2000s apocalypse grunge aesthetic that we really see amplified in the third movie. Um, oh no yes it gets even more like the muted colors the uh, impractical and both practical at the same time outfits it's very interesting
1: you know what I just realized she basically made vest pants (laughs) like (laughs) what the hell is the point of a vest when are when is it ever the fact that your torso is cold but your arms are hot
0: right I never I don't understand vests what the hell? I, like, some people, I guess it's, like, for movement of your arms. But if my arms are cold, I can't move them anyways. <laughs> also, you can move your arms in
1: a long sleeve shirt.
0: Right? I think they just don't know how to size jackets properly. They're just like, I guess I'll just only put something on my chest.
1: Or is this when, well, maybe Chris Redfield came by. <laughs> or as we affectionately call him in my household, Chris Redfield. And was just like, I can't. I can't my muscles can't fit in my shirt. <laughs> uh, and then like he holds needs them like, off. S-
0: specially tailored outfits though. Yes. <laughs> He's he so fucking ripped.
1: He's too buff for this work. That's why he wasn't in this movie. They couldn't fit all of his muscles on screen at the same time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh
1: this movie also reinforces my point that uh children are creepy and that's a fact. Um because seeing a horde of like ambling school children that then pile on and eat a dude it's like yeah. no no thank you i will pass we've barely talked about the reporter lady and the oh it's other... almost like she didn't have any consequence in this movie whatsoever
0: <laughs> right it was interesting that she is the i guess the reason for the intro where she like in the beginning there's the my name is alice in the intro and like some sort of like uh, like, she recaps the events of the first movie, and then at the end of the film, she has the camera from the reporter uh, who dies, wrists in pieces, and then she goes, my name's Alice, and then later, when she's in the laboratory after being brainwashed again by Umbrella, um, she goes, my name is Alice. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, just for me, reinforces the idea that Alice is not her real name. Yeah, I, I think that this movie name. more than
1: anything really cements that she never really regained any of her knowledge of what her life was like before Umbrella. Yeah. I, I think the, the most generous you can be is saying that she knew everything that, she remembered everything that involved her life being security for Umbrella. Yeah. And I think that's about as generous as you can be with it. Because there's another point in this movie where she's talking to, is it LJ or Jill? I think it might be Jill. Who, she's talking to them, and they asked what she, how she knew Umbrella. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think she was talking to Jill.
1: Yeah, I think that was Jill. And they were asking how she knew Umbrella. And she says, oh, I used to work for them. And they asked her, well, why would you work for them? And she goes, oh, I needed to make a living. And right. you and I and both that's... looked at each other and said, She doesn't know why she worked for them.
0: Yeah, that's such a vague and like un-
1: uninteresting answer. Even the way it was delivered hints at the fact that that's not the whole truth and she doesn't actually yeah. know. Like, it's Even that if kind of. She does know,
0: like, maybe she doesn't like the reasons that she had before for working for Umbrella. She's like, I. Now that she knows. She's had these experiences from the first movie and from this movie. She's like, I am not proud of the fact that I worked for Umbrella, and I don't want to be associated with them like that. And so she's like, it's just for money. Right.
1: And Jill, more than anybody, should be an expert. Yeah. Should be an expert on, Star- or on uh, Umbrella. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of people who should be experts on Umbrella and stars, if we have Jill and we have Carlos... I'm kind of surprised we don't have Wesker. Right. I think the guy um, in the
0: beginning that was, like, standing on top of the the walled-off section of the entrance to the city, I think he was supposed to be a Wesker stand-in.
1: Right, but he, like, he's not Wesker. Which is confusing to me because even in the games, Wesker is somebody who crosses storylines. Like, he's in the first one with Jill and Chris,
0: pretty consistently there throughout all he's in five he's in yeah he's in
1: five he's in he's in four he's in is he in three i think he makes a very brief cameo in three i believe i I, don't quote me on that but he's at at least three three of them and then he's also a so part of the reason why wesker is like a a villain matrix or a a matrix villain (laughs) (laughs) Part of the reason why he's, like, a Matrix villain is because he was one of the people that the T-Virus was tested on. Uh, He was one of- he was- it was tested on him as a child, and he- uh, my knowledge of this gets a little fuzzy, but he was one of the reasons that, like, the T-Virus was so successful is because he was one of the test subjects, and it, like, mutated him, but it also made him unstable, which is why in 5 he's taking those shots- to keep yeah. himself stable.
0: That's why. That's why he wants Ouroboros, right? Because he's like, he oh, yes, will uh, make me stronger,
1: right? Um, and that's kind of Wesker's thing—is he wants mm. to be the the strongest? He's got to fight Chris Redfield, so he's got to be super strong. <laughs> um, but he's not in this film, right? He's not in this film, and then he's like such an overarching thing that it's kind of weird to me that he's not part of this. I'm not quite understanding what they're doing. With super obvious parallels, without actually doing it, especially when they have characters like Jill and Curtis or Carlos. I don't yeah. don't know why you want to keep calling him Jake. I'm like, <laughs> what is his name?
0: What is his name? I just call him Oliveira because that's like
1: olives. Got it. Olive man. Mr. Olive is. man.
0: So Dr. Isaacs at the at the end of the movie, um, he confronts the dad of the little girl um for, like, going behind Umbrella's back and helping people get his daughter out of Raccoon City and helping them get out of Raccoon City. And as they're boarding the plane, I love the part where... Or not, not the plane, the, the helicopter. helicopter. Where, uh I can't remember exactly what he says, but he has some line... Or he's like killing me won't make it better, and then Alice grabs him by his like lapel and holds him over the entryway to the helicopter and is like, no, but it's a start. And then drops him on the like roof or courtyard or wherever they were at in.
1: Which might I add was like four feet off the ground, so it's it, like it wasn't
0: very far. <laughs> and it, he like grabs his leg and pan, and I'm like, man, you're fine. Um, but he does get eaten by zombies, which is very nice
1: again come up and it's always a it's a resident evil thing where they like to be like haha you were destroyed by the things you created yeah I love that
0: but like right after that after they're like escaping like some debris or something is like flying towards the girl and then Alice gets in the way and like she gets a real big piece of metal stuck out of her and then the the, the plane crashes or or whatever. Um,
1: helicopter. Why do you keep calling the helicopter? it a plane? Why do I keep calling it a plane? I don't know. I got, I'm,
0: I'm an aerospace engineer. I have planes on the brain. I got
1: planes on the brain. On the
0: brain huh? <laughs> um, uh, another thing I wanted to cover was the umbrella cover-up post-Raccoon City incident, and why that was in the movie. Because you said it was not in the in the game.
1: Uh, as far as I can tell, because you also have to remember that a lot of the games are done from the perspective of people who are in on the No. Like, they're done by BSAA members and STARS members and Leon, who, like, was there. But as far as I know, people still refer to things as the Raccoon City incident. Like, um, in Seven, there's many articles of like, in newspapers around of It's been ten years since the Raccoon City incident. Like, people talk about it still. Yeah,
0: so it's very interesting that, I mean, Seven came out. Years and years after this movie, later. But it, right. it was, it was interesting to me that I mean, it's on brand, but Umbrella has so much power over the news and over like people in general that they completely cover it it up mm-hmm. and successfully, um, and then further disgrace um, both Jill and all of the party that she was with, like Alice and uh, Oliveira and LJ and everybody. But then they're like just show up to Umbrella's door to rescue Alice, and they let them in and let them go.
1: (laughs) Right. It doesn't make any sort of sense, especially if you consider in the games, Umbrella is not a, like, public company. Umbrella is a secret organization. So it's interesting to me that they have chosen to be like, they're like Amazon, everybody knows about them.
0: Jill must have some connections to Stars still or something to get access to, like, they were, like, looking all official in their suits and their fancy car, and they, like, had the- Oliveira had the badge, and he's, like, flashing it around. Right. But how did they not know that that was a trap? Like, did they really expect to get into Umbrella that easily?
1: Well, because, uh, main character syndrome, and it's a lot more fun if she gets out. That's true. (laughs) Also, her psychic powers. What the fuck? All- that- you have no idea how much that bothered me- I was sitting there thinking, I was literally, you were sitting next to me, you probably saw my face during this. (laughs) I was like, what the f- First of all, she walked out of there knowing how to use them. Yeah, she just like, she like looked into the camera and then the, the security guy was like bleeding from all orifices. Which first of all, she can't see that happening. Right. So did she just think she was, like, looking intimidatingly into the camera and hoping that they were just so scared by her that they let her go? She's like, ha, it worked. (laughs) It's entirely possible that they make this whole stink about, oh, it's a trap, and we are letting her go because it's part of our plan, and yada yada yada. But they never actually... So it's possible... Is it possible that she doesn't really know about it, and it's just going off of programming?
0: I think so, and I th- you'll um they, it goes more into this in the third movie. Um,
1: Wait, they're they're gonna follow up with this psychic powers thing?
0: Yes, they do. Whoa, I'm not gonna spoil anything. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to talk about the third movie because um, it is leagues and bounds better than this one.
1: Oh, good, I'm so glad. Still not as good as the first one, but it's it gets there. Um, But this movie is so astronomically bad that if this movie was worse, (laughs) I would be very concerned for the safety of whatever device I'm watching it on.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, it had something to do with...
1: But her programming...
0: Her, yeah, her, like, them letting her go. Oh, she did fuck up Dr. Isaacs real good, though, and that was <laughs> very fun. That was very fun. I liked seeing him get the shit beat out of him. Um, but yeah, we, so we don't see Wesker until... Oh, until he shows up? He does. He does show up. We see he's in the third movie, but he doesn't really get there until the uh fourth movie?
1: fifth movie the fifth movie <laughs>
0: yeah there's a movie um, in
1: between the third movie and the fifth <laughs> which i believe i do i believe he's in there but
0: you'll see what i mean when you see visually with your eyeballs what they think wesker looks like
1: oh no he doesn't oh. really
0: get there until movie 5
1: he he already looks like a matrix villain In like the first game, yeah, I love his style.
0: I'm afraid. Good. I I love the design of Wesker because he exudes villain just looking at him, Mm -hmm. and they really don't get that until the fifth movie.
1: Which even when you're playing through the first game, and if you're playing through it for the first time, um, for those of you who only vaguely know of the Resident Evil games, Wesker was originally a Stars member. Uh, And so he was with your team going into the mansion. And you kind of run into him every now and again and get little hints. But even when you're talking to him, like, it feels weird. And it's not just, like, the 1996 acting. It's like, like, something about him feels often weird until he eventually betrays you and reveals his true intentions, right? But it's just, it's, why? (laughs) Why? Why, like, if he is such an overarching villain, everybody knows about Wesker, at least mm-hmm. generally. He's such an overarching villain and causes a lot of, and, like, orchestrates a lot of the big problems, right? <laughs> Where's the orchestrating? I'm not seeing any puppet strings, really. Yeah, he,
0: yeah, there is no trace of him until really, until the third movie. But even then, it's not as big as it is in the game. Um, For some reason, they're just like, yeah, Wesker's here. He's just not that important. Which is like, uh, why? What? Why? He's like the main villain. Besides Umbrella itself.
1: Well, Umbrella in itself is a is an idea. It's an organization. There has to be people behind the organization for it to be threatening. And Wesker is one of the people that's behind the organization that makes it scary. Yeah. So, I don't... Why? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know why. I am excited (laughs) because a little birdie told me that Leon shows up at some point. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited for him, but I'm also very afraid um, because... I'm scared that you're not, that you're, like, trying very hard not to say anything right now. And that scares me, because I can, I can see your face going, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I, I
0: will say a little sneak peek. When I watched the sixth movie, movie, I had to pause and take a break when Leon came onto the screen
1: oh no it is taking all of my willpower not to google this good boy but i want to <laughs> be stop. i'm not gonna google him i'm also trying really hard not to google wesker mm. because i i gotta see him in their natural environments in order for it <laughs> yeah. to have its full effect um and probably what i might do is i might set up my mic for those movies and have it oh, to rolling. get like a live experience <gasps> yeah to get like a full live experience. Oh, that's so good. And then we can cut it in when we actually do our recording for this podcast. Uh-huh. But uh it's going to happen because I have a feeling that I too am going to have to pause.
0: <laughs> oh, we totally glossed glossed over the whole thing where Alice and Nemesis are going head to head.
1: Oh, we we did. Yeah, there's because you know what's weird to me is like nothing Besides the return of the whip hands, like, yes. there's not really anything of note besides the fact that Nemesis's eye also changes color from the beginning of the movie, where yeah, it was blue, yeah. it is now green. Um, where it's
0: like, the Dr. Isaacs forces Alice to fight Nemesis. To see She doesn't stronger. want to. And he only gets her to because he threatens the life of her friends. He does shoot the, do- the,
1: the dad the guy, but we already know he's infected, so it doesn't really have much of a.
0: Yeah, and he is the one that starts eating, uh, Doctor Isaacs at the end, which is very
1: nice. Come up and full circle. <laughs> yeah, um, so I don't. It just it wasn't a great fighting scene. Resident Evil does this thing. They did it in this movie more so than the last movie, which confuses me. But everything moves too fast, and the camera angles move too fast for you to actually see what's happening enough to feel the suspense of the fight. What makes a Spider-Man movie good, or like a superhero movie or whatever, is seeing the blows land and go, oh, yes, my guy's winning. Oh, oh, that looks like it hurt. But that never happened. Like, there's never, you never get to see anything long enough to have that feeling of somebody's winning and somebody's losing. It's just kind of like, it's kind of like if I was punching the air and there's literally no one else around me and you did enough jump cuts, it would look really cool.
0: Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what they're doing. It's just a bunch of cuts that are, like, less than a second long, that look like something's happening, but it goes too fast to focus on anything. Mm-hmm. And it
1: just makes for a bad action sequence. Because there's no satisfaction in the action scene. It's just not great. It's not very well put together. It's not. Uh, we're not... <laughs> this movie is by far the worst. Um, and I've only seen two. So, <laughs> this, uh, so the bar went from so high to so low and i don't really understand how they did that so fast does this movie have the same director as the first one
0: yes all six of them are directed by the same guy mr anderson
1: dude what the heck dude what the hell man if i am to take you at your word about the third movie there's also a pretty big improvement like it might just be me but when something becomes a saga like this like you have like. The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and other trilogies <laughs> uh, and such. Like, there's a there's saga that's leading up to something, right? I really don't feel like we're leading up to anything. And we're two movies in now. I think I made an analogy in the first one about saying that Alice doesn't really do much and that's sort of like saying that you read the first chapter of a book and the main character doesn't do anything. Yeah. Well, we're about uh maybe a third of the way through the book now roundabout yeah and i'm not feeling any suspension or tension or like i'm not feeling a grander story here like i what what's the plan after this they're at a raccoon city now i it i will say that the overarching
0: plot does pick up in the next movie okay um We also see some familiar faces um, next week, which I am excited for you to see.
1: See, this is what's confusing to me as somebody who absolutely loves this game series. Controversial opinion time. I actually really liked Uh, 6. Well, let me rephrase. I liked 6 before I spent many days trying to get all the stupid crystal emblem (laughs) nonsense. I liked it before (laughs) I started doing that and then I got tired of it because I had to do the same scene 800 times. Uh-huh. But I actually really liked Resident Evil 6. I have not played a Resident Evil game that I didn't like. There are games I like more than others, obviously, but I haven't played one I didn't like. Right, yeah. And so it's a little... From my perspective, I'm this series confuses me. Because I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do.
0: It, yeah, it's super unclear where... They think this is going where that what their intentions are, mm. and perhaps they don't know. Perhaps they just got the rights to the movie series and were like, "Okay, let's just run with it." Um, and they didn't really pick up the
1: pace until the third movie, which is a dangerous move. Yeah, I think they they could have
0: stopped with the first one. In fact, for a long time, I had believed they had stopped with the first one, mm-hmm. but. They did not, and they in fact did five more for some reason. But yeah, it's like you said, there are some movies of the, the series that I enjoy more than others. I will say that this one is the hardest to watch, and I I will correct myself. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. The worst movie I've ever seen is Twilight New Moon because that one I literally walked out of the room while my family is watching it. Because I'm like. There are better things I could be doing with my time.
1: Bye-bye. There are a hundred things you could be doing better with your time than watching Twilight New Moon. Yeah. What, you you don't like people putting themselves in mortal danger to see their ghost boyfriend who left them for no reason? It was just so
0: boring. Like, I didn't read the books. Ugh. I'd only seen the first movie. I'm like, what the hell is happening? These people are doing nothing. It's all dialogue and things I don't know about. Who are you? <laughs> what am I doing here? Bye-bye.
1: Tune in to our uh, our second podcast. Oh no, our third podcast after our literary podcast. Yeah, where we uh, talk about how horrible the Twilight movies are for uh, <laughs> eight million hours because there's yeah every frame in that movie has something wrong with it. You don't need to know anything about Twilight to watch those movies. <laughs> okay, good. You can read a script of them and understand how horrible they are.
0: Good. That's that's what I'll do. I don't need to look at it with my eyeballs. No, don't
1: look at it with your eyeballs. Uh, okay. Well, is there... Are there any huge major plot points that we've been... No, I won't... Because there's not plot points in this movie.
0: There's not a lot of plot points to talk
1: about. (laughs) Ah, the one thing we did forget to talk about is, uh, A, the doctor's little stupid upside down gumdrop glasses. Yeah, those awful
0: glasses that he's wearing. There are a lot of awful outfits in this movie, but I think the glasses take the cake.
1: They made some choices. The costume department made some choices. But while he's using his dumb little glasses to hack into a security system on his laptop that he just has access to to a camera grid that for some reason, instead of just being able to look at the camera you want to, you have to do a a real-time zoom through a 3D landscape to go to the camera you want. Every time. Why? Just for funsies. Just because. That's like
0: what was cool in 2004.
1: You know what was cool to me in 2004? Blue's Clues. Because in 2004, (laughs) I was six years old. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: I was really into dinosaurs in 2004. That was like peak dinosaur age for me.
1: To sum up my main gripes about this movie is the people who are in it have no reason to be in it. There aren't really any plot points, because if you think about it, this movie started in the exact same, or ended in the exact same place that it started. Yeah,
0: with with Alice in the custody of Umbrella. Umbrella.
1: And she's separated from Matt, even though Matt's not coming back, I assume. No. And she's kind of back to square one. At least in the first movie, there was progression, right? So, like, she started not knowing who she was, and then she found who she was, and now she's in this hellscape. That's progression. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. has happened in that time. You could cut this movie out entirely. And everything would be exactly the same. It would be exactly the same.
0: Because the only, like, there are a couple of characters that carry over into the into the third movie, but it's not necessarily relevant to watch this movie first before you get there. Because Carlos is still there, LJ is still there, um, Jill is not there anymore. She's gone for whatever reason. Well, she's off being disgraced. She can't. Yeah. She can't she show can't, her face. <laughs> she can't hang with the caravan. She's disgraced. It's entirely valid to not watch this movie and just watch five Resident Evil movies. Yeah. But we like to torture ourselves, so we
1: watched. <laughs> right. We're we're going for a full uh full experience here. Yes. The thing that drives me crazy about action movies in general which we can officially say that this is no longer a horror movie. Yeah. Is when nothing happens. You can have the the flashiest car and the biggest explosion, but if nothing happens, why did you just waste my goddamn time? Resident Evil. The only emotion I felt during this movie was what the fuck? <laughs> That was the only emotion I felt during this whole movie, and I don't understand why they wasted my goddamn time. I gave my faith to them, and they threw it in the garbage. Exactly. Well, I think your faith, your
0: your faith will be renewed in the next one.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad. Well,
0: yeah, it's a it's a
1: f- if plot happens, I'll be happy. Yeah, there is plot, plenty of plot.
0: Um, uh, I'm excited. There is one last bullet point on my notes. Oh, please is do the tell. last, the, the last thing I have on here is a quote from you from when you finished watching it at the very very end of the movie. Oh no! Where it says "stupid fucking ass satellite." And that's it.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Because they zoom out to that ridiculous looking satellite that's got a big umbrella logo on it. Yeah. And for some reason, looking at that dumb satellite made me so angry.
0: It was like the epitome of everything that you just watched was that stupid satellite.
1: Right. <laughs> and I just was so, I was staring at it like that's it. That's your big revelation is that there's a satellite up there. <laughs> because if you think about it, that was supposed to be the equivalent to Alice walking out of the hospital and finding the, the city destroyed. Yeah, which was arguably a very good scene. Yes, I will agree that that was a very good scene. But it but the second movie does not get credit for that because it was in the first movie. Yeah, that's true, that's true. It doesn't belong to them. Uh yeah, so to sum up, this movie sucks. You don't need to watch it to enjoy the rest <laughs> of the movies. You really don't. Like if you like
0: you're like, Oh, I don't want to watch six movies, then just don't watch the second movie. Mm-hmm. Just listen to this podcast and it's everything you need to know.
1: Right. I can sum up this movie in like three bullet points. Are you ready? Yeah yes um racial stereotypes are bad uh if you wear the right pants only the right pant you will be the badass zombie slayer uh and also don't be a a dick and then you won't get eaten by zombies there you go that's the that's the whole movie literally nothing else of importance happened that whole movie (laughs) I think
0: the only thing that carries on to any of the other movies is the two characters and the psychic powers, and that's it. Like, nothing else was relevant. And you could arguably, if you cut this movie out, the psychic powers could have come from the first movie.
1: Right. Because they put her in a lab. They put her in a lab. They put her in a little paper dress in a lab. Mm Mm-hmm. Her little uh, A1 paper. Stapled it at the shoulders. Oh my god. Alright, I think we're uh, about done here. Yeah, there's literally nothing else to say about this movie. It's awful and we hate it.
0: Yeah, and we did a whole podcast about it. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: As I'm looking at my recording right now, we have uh, about an hour and ten minutes worth of us talking about how terrible this this movie is, which is down from like two hours of audio from the first one.
0: From the first one. yes, yeah, so we can expect this episode to be much shorter than the, than the first one.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, and it'll,
0: it'll pick back up in length for the third one, for sure. I have many things to say about that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, the next installment of Biohazard, the report after this one will be up on March 21st. And is there anything else
1: before we close out here? Are there any, I must know, are there any creepy children in the next one?
0: Uh, no, there are children, but I don't think they're creepy children. Um, there is a, a creepy element that mm, I will not elaborate on here. (gasps) Oh no,
1: there's a creepy element? Oh, (laughs) I, how could you leave me on this cliffhanger? I know, right? (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, for listening to episode two of Biohazard The Report. And remember, you're all gonna die down here.